Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Say what needs to be said. It's your host, Asante, Mr. Pick 6 Salmon. Week 10 wrap-up. There were a lot of games that came down to the wire last minute. Some were shootouts, other were defensive and heavy run games. But let's get into it. Patriots versus the Colts started out bright and early. 9.30 a.m., football was on live and direct in Germany. The New England Patriots took on the Indianapolis Colts, leaving behind a few key members that didn't make the trip to Germany. Trent Brown, a J.C. Jackson. And we heard stories about Jack Jones possibly not making the trip because of curfew violations or whatever, but he was active. He participated in the game, and we learned that that was not true. It was just a room. But let's get into the game. Let's talk about it. Because the first drive led by Ramadre Stevenson was sensational. The best I've seen the Patriots put together all year. It was awesome. Although they had to settle for three points, it gave the Patriot Nation and Patriot fans hope that this will be the new team to come. The old team is gone, and every time the Patriots take the field, we will see a new and improved Patriot team. And this game will be determined by the team with the most physical players and what team would set the edge to stop the run and at the same time be successful at running the ball? Because there's two teams that want to play physical ball. They're not setting up five wide and throwing the ball left and right. They're trying to establish the run and set the edge. Because Indianapolis Colts, they have a two-headed monster in Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. You know, this two-headed monster leads the Colts offense. This is what the Colts offense depend on for them to be successful. And they do a heck of a job at it. You know, they do so good at it. The backup running back is in the top six, top seven in the lead and, and leading the rushing yards while while the, the number run running back, you know, he's uh he's not up there yet. Obviously, he missed a few games, but that's just letting you know that Zach Moss is doing a heck of a, a job. But not only that, this game was just all around bad football. It's just bad football from execution to penalties to situational football. It was just bad football. And it was the same old story for Mac Jones. He didn't look comfortable and he looked unable to get into a rhythm. It's like his feet was always jittering. He's, he doesn't believe in himself and his teammates or, or his office aligned to protect him and give him the time that he needs to throw the ball. So it just looks like the same ruined Mac. You know what I mean? He didn't play bad, but he didn't make the plays that the New England Patriots needed him to make to win the game. And that's the difference. Situational football comes into play. You have to answer the bell. You have to understand the situation to win the game. Because you don't just go out there to play and win a game. There are certain ways to win the game. But like I said, Matt Jones didn't play bad per se. He just didn't make the plays. And this game came down to who will run the ball the best? Who will play better defense? Who can control the time of possession and who will make the fewest mistakes? And that was the recipe for success in, in determining who will win this game. Good old-fashioned mano-a-mano football. Man, oh man, whoop the man in front of you. And the coach seemed like they did a better job than the, than the New England Patriots. But something, something unusual, something I'm not used to seeing happen in the fourth quarter with under two minutes left, the New England Patriots a touchdown away from taking the lead and no timeouts. And then Bill Belichick in New England brings in backup quarterback Bailey Zappi. And we all know the end story of that. 
the end result of that. But how do you decide and determine, let me bring in the backup quarterback who I cut previously and obviously he's not getting the reps or not running the two-minute drill, but I'm going to bring him in for this two-minute drill and tell my team that he give us the best option to win. Now, the game ends in the interception with Bailey Zappi doing a fake spike and throwing the ball. It just, it just didn't look right. And this is bad for so many reasons, but I'm not going to go into all the reasons. I'm just going to make a long story short. And then to make a long story short, there's no way Bailey Zappi was prepared or even close to being the best option to help the Patriots win this game against, against the Indianapolis Colts. It's just no way. It's not even possible because there's no preparation for him. He's the backup quarterback. He's not doing the two-minute drills in practice. He's not throwing to the main number one receivers. He's actually getting the, the number one defense ready to play against the Colts. So when is he going to be prepared for this situation? But at the end of the day, the Indianapolis Colts won the turnover battle. And when you win the turnover battle in the NFL, that gives you a 90 to 95% chance to win the game. And that's what the Indianapolis Colts did. They won the game. Ravens versus Browns. Who has the best defense between these two teams? What team is most physical? Because this should have been the game for Deshaun Watson to start getting back to his glory days, the all-pro days. You know, his days when he was an elite quarterback. Because on the second play of the game, Deshaun Watson's first pass is intercepted for a touchdown by Baltimore Ravens, right? Now, up to the fourth quarter, the Ravens' defense had the edge on Cleveland Browns. And then Lamar Jackson had a ball tipped that was intercepted for a Cleveland Browns touchdown, making the game 31-30 to with the Ravens in the lead because the field goal kicker missed the extra point. And that's the NFL for you. And I know everybody that had the money and wages on the game is saying set up and everything is, is rigged. But stop it. But after a stop against the Ravens offense and a change of possession, Watson just had to make a few plays to get his team back in field goal range and give Dustin Hawkins a chance to nail a 40-yard field goal to win the game. And everything executed, and boom, Dustin Hopkins nails the 40-yard field goal, and the Cleveland Browns upset the Baltimore Ravens. Wow. I didn't see that coming because the Baltimore Ravens dominated the game pretty much the whole game. But if you take that first interception away from Deshaun Watson, this game would be a totally different game because Cleveland plays some good defense. They are very good on defense. And they run the ball very well. So if you take that play away, it's a different energy. It's different momentum, right? Because when Watson begins to play better and better and, and be able to compete for a Super Bowl because Deshaun Watson is the X factor this team is missing. So when Deshaun Watson starts to play better, watch out for the Cleveland Browns making a run for the Super Bowl. Now, Vikings versus Saints. Josh Dobbs. Let me tell you, Josh Dobbs is what you call a football player. He can play football. The Minnesota Vikings and the journeyman Josh Dobbs took over in the second quarter, giving the Vikings a 24-3 lead going into halftime. After that, it was pretty much catch me if you can. You know how you get out on someone, you take the lead? That's how they, they did the uh, New Orleans Saints. Let me jump out on you with my new quarterback and catch me with if you can. Derek Carr left the game in the third quarter, so in comes backup quarterback Jameis Winston. 
to try and rally his troop back and his team back from from however many points they were down. I think they were down about 14 points or something like that. But to no avail, Jameis Winston fell short with a great play by Minnesota Vikings' Brian Murphy Jr. And that's the end of the game. Bucks versus Titans. Tampa Bay looked like a much better team yesterday. Although their playoff chances are slim, they can make a playoff run. Of course, they need multiple things to happen and transpire in their favor. It's a slight, slim possibility that the Bucs can make a run and make the playoff. But who knows? Baker Mayfield continues to improve while Will Levis took a step back. Because I expected big things from the rookie Will Levis. I was expecting him to get better and better and better. I was expecting him to deliver and, uh, and come up and actually upset the Tampa Bay Bucs. But Mike Evans and, and Baker Mayfield had different plans. They had an impact on this game with Baker finding Mike Evans six times for 143 yards, stunning the Titans. And the future looking bright for the Bucs because this connection looks like this will be able to lead them further and further and further into the season. And they will be able to build and build and gel and gel and like each other more and more. And when you like each other more and more as a quarterback and a receiver, that means you get the ball more and more. And so watch out for this relationship to continue to gel. Now, Texas versus Bengals. This was a shootout. And this was, oh, man, this was this was a game for, for two quarters. Two good quarterbacks to go out. But C.J. Stroud, he outplayed Joe Burrows in a high-scoring shootout. The Cincinnati Bengals had high hopes of being a Super Bowl contender this year because they always been a good team. But this is the year they felt like they made the team better to make that step and get over that hump to be a Super Bowl contender. But things aren't working out the way they planned, from injuries to player personnel, just things not flowing right. And Joe Burrows, he coming back from an injury. He didn't come out playing top quarterback football that they expected. Now he's just starting to get back to uh, the great Joe Burrow that he always been when he got into the NFL. But it has it was taking time. It's taking him longer than they expected to get back comfortable this year. Right? This game was a game Joe needed to win to keep their wild card hopes alive. Right? He wanted. They needed to win this game just to keep the playoff hopes alive, period. And we know the AFC North is by far the hardest division to come out of. That's my opinion. I don't know if you don't, if you don't agree with me, I don't know what division you think is harder than the AFC North because this is a physical division, right? And, and, and playing in the AFC North for the Bengals, it's not looking good for them. You got Pittsburgh, you got the Ravens, and then now you got the Cleveland. So the Bengals started off and they're starting too slow in the AFC North, and it's going to be hard to pick it up. But on the other hand, the Texans, I love what the Texans is doing, and I love the culture and the atmosphere that they're building over there. You know, And in the future, you have to watch out for them, and they will be the team to beat in the next two years. You can watch them being a Super Bowl contender. Mark my words, C.J. Stroud, the future MVP, they will be in the Super Bowl the next two, three years. What happens next after you land a life-changing contract you've been working towards your entire life? I signed a $60 million contract to play with the Philadelphia Eagles in 2008, but they already had two Pro Bowl cornerbacks with Lito Shepard and Sheldon Brown making things uncomfortable for them when I joined the team to come play for the Philadelphia Eagles. But Coach Andy Reid let it be known that I was the man and Asante Samuel is here to make plays, and we got to see what he's going to do 
because we need plays and interceptions on this team. He believed in my ability, and I really appreciated that. I appreciated that with the bottom of my heart, and I vowed to show him I appreciated him. And I made it my business to make sure the Philadelphia Eagles' money was well spent. That $60 million contract they gave me, I wasn't going to make them regret giving me that $60 million contract. I wanted them to feel very good and secure about paying Asante Samuel. Now, I ended up play, replacing Lito at corner, and Sheldon remained the starting cornerback alongside of myself. You know, things were intense because Lito was fighting for a new contract, and he felt like the contract I, I got should have been his new contract or something close to that, you know what I mean? And, you know, it didn't happen. So he wasn't a happy, happy player on the team, more of like a disgruntled player on the team. You know, things not going so good and he's not acting normal, his normal self and, you know, things like that. Just kind of disgruntled, right? But signing with a new team and embracing its culture is, is not the easiest thing for a lot of players. You know, everyone may not like you, but you can't worry about that. You can't let that affect you because your job is simply to go out there and make plays and to produce and also to be a good teammate to your teammates. Just go out there and don't cause no confusion. Don't make anything worse than it was. If anything, make things better. You don't want to cause problems. And they just blessed you. They blessed you with a life-changing contract for your family. But it seems J.C. Jackson wasn't a good teammate or team player. That's what it sounded like, right? And he couldn't connect with the, the culture in Chargers land, Chargers nation. He couldn't connect. Just a lot of things was not going correctly. And you can see the chemistry with him and the DBs and the coaches. Just, you know, even him just in that uniform didn't sit or feel or look correctly. You know what I mean? And he didn't adapt well. And we've seen that. We've seen that. His downward spiral started to begin in week three when J.C. Jackson was a healthy scratch against the Minnesota Vikings. You know, he was totally shocked and confused about the bitching. When you scratch your healthy scratch, you don't suit up or nothing, you know, just totally bench. And he was confused. Now, here is this uh, JC statement after being benched against the Vikings. I kind of knew what was going on. I'm still confused on why. But like I said, I can't put my opinion on it. It was the coach's decision, Jackson said. I can tell you I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. But that's not the real answer of why I didn't play this week or why I didn't start. That's above me. He said he ain't got answers. That's, you know, that's the people up top, people that make the, the big, big money, you know, the one that makes all the answers. So it just sounds like confusion because he's just totally clueless. He can't even understand if if the coaches and the, the team giving him the silent treatment, I guess. You know what I mean? And that's what it sounded. It started, it sounded to start like things were starting to go bad when no one would have these talks with JC, as you can hear in his voice. Either he wasn't approachable. Or it was some miscommunication and they didn't approach him and tell him, hey, look, man, JC, things are not going too good. We need you to step it up or, you know, things might go left. We might have to trade you, get rid of you. So can you please step it up or, or, or show that you're uh, happy to be here? You know, join in, join in the fun. You know what I mean? But Chargers GM comes out and apologizes to his defensive backs. He, went, he goes into the defensive back room and apologizes signing JC to the team after they traded him back to New England. The team that they signed him from, they traded him back. You understand what I'm saying? That's crazy. And to be honest, it is a slap in the face when another cornerback is signed to the team and you have cornerbacks already there looking for a contract. 
That's like signing an outsider to the team that we don't even know when we're here fighting for the same contract. You know what I mean? So that's a slap in the face. So that's why the GM felt like he had to come and apologize because he understands and he knows that these young men feel like that contract was supposed to be their contract. And they're waiting for that type of contract and you gave it to somebody else. But that's a part of the game and that's the nature of the beast. That's what we go through. Sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Sometimes you make bad decisions. Sometimes you don't, you know. But the, the general manager for the Chargers was so upset about signing J.C. Jackson, he traded him back to New England. Like I said, the same team that he just previously played for and the Chargers still must pay him his remaining $40 million guarantee out of that contract. So you sign him back to the same team and got to pay that contract while the Patriots only have to pay $1.5 million. So it seemed like the Patriots did a whole switcheroo on the charges. You know what I mean? That's just a, just a crazy thing. But, you know, JC got his money. Blessings to him and his family. That's what it's about. But, you know, we want we want to have a little more pride when we're getting awarded these big contracts. Because that's what it's about. It's not about laying down and and being that type of player and, and that on your legacy. I was a part of it, both sides of the situation. I signed to a team when they had established players, and I, you know, and the team signed an all-pro cornerback to the team when I was there, and that was already established. And, you know, in Philly, they signed Numbi Asenwa to a deal in my fourth year when I was at Philly. Obviously, he didn't fit the culture well, and instantly players started complaining about his strange ways and activities. Right. It didn't pan out in Philly. And we all know the history of that. Right. But fans try to put him, meaning J.C. Jackson, in a category of a system cornerback because of Belichick and Belichick's system. I don't know why people always try to say cornerbacks are system corner when they come from the Belichick tree. And I'm always here to defend that. And I'm not going for that. And we seen that J.C. Jackson is playing the same ball as he played in L.A. He's not a system cornerback. His focus is just off. He is inactive for games and bench as well as he was when he was with the Chargers. But like I said, it's his focus. It ain't nothing about his playing ability. When you're a player, you make plays. And he always made plays, but you can tell that his focus is off. Like I said, when you make that money, you get that life-changing bread, sometimes it's a distraction and you got to know how to deal with it. And we're seeing that maybe he doesn't understand quite how to do, deal with it. He was just uh Left behind, you know, they're going, Patriots currently going to Germany. He's inactive, being left behind. He was benched the first quarter before that for missing curfew. So it's a lot of things that happens in the mindset of a player when they finally achieve that goal. But for me, and I want to know for you, how hard is it to act accordingly when a team, a company, or a business just blessed you and your family with a life-changing contract? How hard is it acting accordingly? Or are you the person that you want to, Get that money, and I—I I told you I, I want to act like I, you know, how I really, really been wanting to act, because I, I got the leverage now. Ain't nothing you could do about it. Or you want to still act accordingly, and you want to show those people or that company you appreciate what they have done for you, because you should be honored to be a great teammate and be the best teammate you can possibly be to help your team. That's how I feel about it, and that's my honest opinion. That's how I always felt, because this is a privilege. This is not nothing that uh, we have to have. This is a privilege to play these sports and to play in the NFL, NBA, or whatever. And to be a one percenter, to have this type of wealth and come into this money, this is unheard of. 
not too many people have this opportunity. So when we come into these opportunities and, and we secure that bag, man, appreciate it, be honored, and go out there and have a little pride about yourself. Say what needs to be said. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.